This is the Abraham's Wallet podcast. Abraham's Wallet spans the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Well, everybody, welcome to another fabulous week here at the Abraham's Wallet podcast. I'm with Stephen Manuel, and we want to talk to you guys about where we're at. <laughs> so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, about how, so here in Utah, and you can fill us in on the situation in Ohio, but we're open. It's May 1st. We are back in business. And so restaurants gonna, are open. Restaurants are open with some restrictions. Uh, the first businesses that open, and this strikes me as completely bananas, although I am about to head over there, is the gym. Um, so gyms are open. I, I, um, I can't, I, that boggles my mind. Why isn't that the very last thing that's opened? I agree. The only reason I'm going is because our gym is like having six people at a time and they have a disinfecting team between crews. That seems reasonable to me. But uh, I mean, financial planning firms are open. Oh, they're Uh, open. They've been open the whole time. Let's not. Okay. So you could get financial planning help right now (laughs) if you needed it. It's possible. Okay. Um, But yeah, almost everything has the option to be open right now. Wow. some places are choosing to kind of scale it up and others just through the doors. And I think this has implications, not just for how we decide to protect our family in light of the fact that there's still a virus out there that we should be aware of and be smart about, but also, um, you know, how do we respond to the opening of the economy from a financial family rhythm? A lot of us have, developed good things in the past two months, spiritual practices. Um, there's a lot of changes that have happened. And one thing I keep hearing from people is that we're not going to immediately just put everything back that we've subtracted from life. Um, and we're going to do some things differently when things go back to normal. So now that that's starting to happen in some parts of the country, we wanted to talk about just what we think you guys should be thinking about as you consider what to add back in and what to maintain from the the quarantine. Yeah. You know, just to give, uh, just to give a little insight into what's happening in Ohio, you know, you can either uh, plan your day around watching three hours of updates from the government officials, or you can do what most of us do, which is, uh, pick up information piecemeal from your n- news hound friends and whatever people are gabbing about on social. Um, so I, I've got two, I got two things for you. One is um, our, our governor said that um, Friday we're going to open medical and dental services, which would be good for my kids and then offices and manufacturers on Monday and retail operations on May 12th. So there seems to be something opening up, but I just heard literally less than half an hour ago on the sidewalk from a friend that 
that they also said that we are doing, they extended the stay in place thing until the 28th. So, so restaurants are open, but you're not allowed to go to them. Something like that. That's kind of how it's going to work. So anyways, um, there, we definitely do have things to say about the fact that the economy is, um, you know, you can hear the, the wheels start cranking and you can feel the rumblings of everybody's ready to go. Um, shall I just start in on that? Why don't you? Okay. Well, I think it is inevitable that we are not simply going to flip a switch and go back to the way things were. I've heard it from many, you know, um, prophetic voices um, that we're never going back. I I don't know what it's going to, I don't know what things are going to look like six months from now, but we're never going back in the same way that we never went back after 9-11 to the way life was before that. We're never going back to the way life was before this. Um, You can listen back to previous podcasts when we had conversations about the benefits of what's happening right now. But I'm not personally sad at the thought of not going back to where we were because when I think of not going back, it, it, what comes to mind is things like, um, men as the leaders of their home, you know, having to make do with what, what, what do we got? What have I got going on here? Do we have rhythms that can take care of themselves in my home? Can we grow spiritually as a family without a program that's pushing us forward that we subscribe to, if you will, at at the local religious institution? Um, do we know how to maintain relationships with the the families that that really push us toward the Lord, that really are part of our being tied into the family of faith? And uh, I can't speak for anybody else's um, experience. I've been part of a lot of different kinds of church in my life. Some churches, when you show up on Sunday, these are the people. I mean, you're seeing the faces of these are the people that keep me going. Some church experiences, we're just going into a big auditorium to watch a show, and I might see somebody across the room that I recognize and ask them how it's going. But it's not that vital sort of connection. And I I think that we're feeling that we need the vital connection. If you strip everything away, we got to have those. So not going back um, isn't isn't sad to me if we if going forward means that we're walking with the lord in a closer way so i'll I'll leave the rest of that to you but i'll I'll talk to let me talk about the economy real quick and just say we we know this about um, well you have always said and it's in any research anybody wants to do that the economy always has these um patterns of shrinking dramatically about every 30 years. True? Uh, Yeah, there's an economic cycle more frequently than that, but yes. Okay, sorry. All right. Well, it happens. It happens. And when it happens, um, it's dramatic when it happens. And we're in this lull of not just the market. I mean, the market is kind of a, a nice way to check the pulse of the economy, not just the market, 
but the entire economy where everything's squeezed down. Well, what inevitably happens um, when, as things are loosened up, is things tend to pop out of the gate that they run and everybody is eager to, we're not only eager to um, make things, we're, we're not only eager to get the, get, get, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, manufacturing up and going. We're not only eager to make new services that w will interest people because we think people might be tight with their dollars, but people are actually not going to be tight with their dollars once the world is freed up. People will feel they have the right to celebrate. People will feel they have the right to treat themselves, whether the money's there or not. Uh, America has proven that we can live on credit for a very long time. So, and, and our and our government just wrote gigantic checks based on credit. So um, my, my, one, my one major takeaway right now for, for our guys, the guys who are kind of in our tribe, is that now is the time to invest and save. It's not a time to, to worry. And um, similarly, and these things go hand in hand to me, um, invest and save because the because the economy is is most likely going to dramatically expand right now. But also, it's the time for you to get to work when things open up. I don't know if you've been a worrier during this time or you didn't take any time for yourself. It's not been a, I can tell you, it's not been a time of rest for me. But when things open up, um, it'll be time to to get after it because there will be there will be some hay to pitch. And uh, there will be some deals to be made and you'll want to make contracts in this quarter because everybody's been shutting. We know everybody's been shutting everything down, putting contracts on hold, postponing things, postponing launches, blah, blah, blah. But this has also been kind of an incubation time when a lot of new ideas have been bandied about. What do we do in this new world? Well, get ready because in the next six months, there's going to be rollouts like you won't believe because all of the rollouts that would have happened in the last quarter and would have happened in the next quarter, they're all going to happen at the same time. And there's just going to be this unveiling of the creativity of the uh, free market people. They're just going to go out there and make it happen. So I would want our guys to be part of the game. This is a great time to make sales calls. I'll hold that point for a second and just say, um, I'll talk about sales in a second, but just say, get ready to rock. And, and I hope you get rested up over the next couple of weeks while things start, start um, opening up. I hope you feel full on family time. I hope you don't think this is time to go on vacation because things are going to start opening up. So that's my opening salvo. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I would say from my perspective, when we say the economy is going to be expanding, um, I think the economy overall is going to contract dramatically this year um, because we, took, we pushed pause on growth for sure a quarter almost. And so just because I'm the financial planner guy, I would have to say, there's a chance that we have this initial pop in terms of whether you want to look at growth numbers or the market and everybody gets excited that we get to go back and things go up and then come fall or winter when we start going, Oh, the annual GDP number is coming and it's not going to be pretty. And they're low. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, I mean, 20% of our country is unemployed right now. Yes. So that's going to have dramatic impact. And I am preparing for that, um, which doesn't mean uh, just... I'm sure our, our listeners are sick of hearing it by now, but it doesn't mean I'm trying to time the market or sell or anything like that. It just means I'm ready if, if indeed we see a big contraction in the economy for another humongo drop. And this, you know, this year we've gone from things doing great in the stock market to things being down 30% to now we're only down about 5% for the year as of yesterday. Um, we could finish the year down 30% still. That's <laughs> totally possible. Um, doesn't matter to my long-term plan at all, but it right. does mean what I'm not doing when you say it's time to save and invest is going and scraping up funds that aren't meant to be in the stock market for the next 10 years or more and sticking them in there, expecting a big pop when we go back to business. Um, You know, one thing I sent you or I tweeted it yesterday is America on the whole is saving more right now as a percentage of their income, which is admittedly lower. Some people aren't saving anything because they have no income. But those uh, Americans who have income right now are saving a bigger percentage of it than they have saved since 1981. Um, And that was in some ways what made me want to- That's really interesting. Yeah, it made me want to have this conversation because I thought we were meeting with a group and reading through First Peter the other night and- we, uh, somebody said, we've given up a lot of things as a generation that our parents maybe, but especially our grandparents would never have given up ground on. And I think that's true spiritually. And I also think it's true on things like just money sense, like our grandparents who went through the great depression, they, they weren't going to be caught dead with a two week emergency fund. (laughs) Yeah. And that's where I thought, well, it'd be cool to have a conversation about what are the things we want to keep from this quarantine and use to reorder our lives. That's kind of what we do here at Abraham's Wallet is we hope to push guys towards how to create order. And there's been some reflective moments for us. And one of them, I think, is around this topic of how we save and invest. So for our sake, it's, it's A, we're glad that the plan exists and we're kind of staying the course on the long-term plan. But even us, we have bulked up the emergency reserves in the past um, few weeks and said, mm-hmm. let's, be, let's be ready so that if next time around the crisis is totally different and it puts healthcare workers out of business, I don't know, something like that. Um, and we're in the position that our friends that were in the entertainment industry have been in for the last two months. Let's be ready for that because we we would like to not we'd like to learn from from this experience. So, um, what else do you think that we could maybe like continue from the quarantine when it comes to to finance points? Well, I'll say this about where where we are right now because I. I I don't know if this is last week or week before I heard something that I just thought was fascinating um, because it has a knock on into, into sales. Um, I'd heard that 
okay, well, our, our, again, I'm event, I'm in the event planning industry. We're at zero revenues. Only nobody's planning anything. Only people are only canceling and postponing things. That's what it's been like the last few months. Um, and so your tendency is to think, well, gosh, we all just sit on our hands and wait around because nobody's doing anything. So um, making a sales call at this time would be a complete waste of time. Um, I don't know where the stat came from. I think it might have been AT&T. Does AT&T still exist? It was a yes. phone company. Okay. It was a phone company. Um, and they released statistics that right now during quarantine, people are on the phone twice as much as they normally are on Mother's Day every other year. So people are actually talking on the phone, person to person voice more than ever. So people want to talk to humans. So guess what that means? This is a great time to do. Sales calls, do warm calls, do warm leads, do cold calls, just make sales calls. And what they're finding is even for credit card companies who you don't want to talk to those people, but they're doing cold calls and people are staying on the line with them, something like 4X what they normally would just to just to talk. So, like, okay, tell me your pitch, you know, whatever. So if you have relationships, we do in our business, we have relationships where we can, we expect there to be some kind of evergreen business and we have contacts into these, into these corporations, you should call those people and you should talk to them about how's it going? How are you feeling? Well, what do you think the rest of the year is going to look like? Well, this is the way our year is looking right now, but you know, I, I have this goal and these are our plans and, you know, and just keep, just keep a, just keep a heart line, a, a relationship with your people there and they will start, my, my wife said that she had a call from the doctor's office for my daughter and she stayed on the line with, for this lady for like 20 minutes. She talked to my, talked about my daughter for five minutes and then she spent the rest of the time going like, well, this is what happened with me and my husband. And she's like, I knew that if I wanted to stay on the line and have like a pastoral moment with this lady, I, I could as much as I wanted. The door was wide open. And so it, it's a good time for sales calls, even if they don't, you know, if they don't result in a, in a contract in your hand, it's a really good time to make connections and be talking to people, period. Um, so there's a little tip for the salespeople. I, I just, I had three little, three little notes. One, one was sales. Now, now I'll finally answer your question, which is what are the things that we take, take away from this? So one thing I want us to talk about is sales. The next one is skills. So um, I follow this dude on Twitter, on Twitter name, A.D. Robles. I can't tell you whether he's a good guy or not, but he just wrote this. I don't even know why I followed him, but here it appeared. He just said, I've talked to many, many good men who are, along with their wives, starting gardens, learning to raise chickens, learning woodworking skills, starting to figure out how to take care of their own affairs. This is very good stuff. And so really all of the advantages that we have talked about in previous uh, podcast conversations, all of the, all of the advantages we would say that you got out of, out of this season, those should be doubled down on going forward. So if you've learned how to do a reasonable 
um, Saturday morning quiet time with your family where you read a little Bible, you pray together a little bit and talk about God together. And it works, you know, hey, it's only seven minutes, but our kids are four and six and it works. Great. Don't ever stop that. That would be my encouragement. Don't ever, don't, don't stop it when your church relaunches and the big carnival of activities starts. Don't ever stop, don't ever stop that thing. Because when the rug gets pulled out, you know you have this thing. And, and what's left is precious when the rug gets pulled out from you. And those, and I, I think we've said this before, this won't be the last time that the rug gets pulled out from under us. The, the scriptures seem to indicate, you look in Matthew 24, scriptures indicate these things are going to happen with increasing regularity the closer that we get towards the end. So may, maybe it won't happen in your lifetime again. I don't know, but I would want your kids to have that thing to build on. And, and the things that you've started, whether it's, gosh, I'm so bored. I'll speak for myself. I'm so bored when it comes to a Sunday. So Sunday is a work day around my house. Saturday is Sabbath. Sunday is a, we, we just call it home work day. So whatever it is that you need to work on, it could be organizing your closet. It could be cleaning the kitchen whatever it's just work at home day well when sunday rolls around i i can't wait to to tackle some home improvement project so i'm working in the back of the house i'm building i'm sawing stuff maybe maybe it doesn't make a huge difference but i'm loving it and i'm and i'm gaining skill of course doing those things so i'm tackling stairs this this uh weekend and stairs from what i understand are not easy things to get right so i doubt i'm going to get them right but i will gain a lot of skill by tackling that those kinds of diligent skills that we're picking up in this time when you're kind of all alone with your family we should not lose any of those things when we were talking about this there's also the this is kind of my segue into the, the, the biggest what I want to steward that has grown or has started to bud in the quarantine time. The biggest thing in my house has been some of the spiritual ground that we've gained mm. that I think it would be really easy when things go back to normal to lose it. And that's just what you're talking about. You know, it's easy to say, oh, well, I'm going to just give this back to the church. Yeah, like, let somebody else take care of this. Worship. Like we love to worship. We love it. It's been challenging to figure out how to do that at home. Um, just, I don't know why, but it's never been like, we don't sit around and sing a ton except maybe at the beginning of our Shabbat meal. And so trying to figure out, well, I really miss, that's probably the number one thing I've missed about gathering is worshiping with people. It's gone. And yet (laughs) we figured it out a little bit as a family. Like these are ways that we can engage in worship together. And I've talked to three people in the last 24 hours that have told me, in the midst of the quarantine, they have noticed their children surprising them with some sort of maturity that seemed to come out of thin air. Um, Like shocking. For me, it was, I asked my daughter to pray for 
for me and a health issue. And I kind of expected the normal eight or nine year old prayer of like, dear God, make dad feel better. And I got this awesome (laughs) prophetic, uh, here's what's happening inside of you. Let's ask it to come into agreement with the Lord. And what, what she said was not, wow, it wasn't that it was, something completely that I wouldn't have said. And that shocked me. And I was like, wow, that makes me feel great. Because if it was something I would have said, I would be like, well, did she hear me say that? Um, And so there's maturity that's starting to pop out of our kids. Uh, I've heard that from multiple friends. Like my kid has shocked me with a display of spiritual growth in the middle of this. And I think that that comes from a time when we've been more dependent on the Lord. And we've been saying that to our kids, like, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, We don't even know if people in this house will get sick. They could. Um, We're asking the Lord to prevent that. But um, anything's on the table and we're still totally confident in, in the Lord. And so we've created this environment of dependence on him. And I think a lot of families have been forced to do that. They, they can either go down anxiety rabbit hole or yep. bulk up on their trust. Yep. And so there's these sprouts like little buds that are, have happened in our children and there's little flowers maybe blooming. And I think we can either <laughs> go back to normal and those will go away. Or we can try to steward those just like we would steward new financial practices or anything yes. else that have yielded good fruit. Um, yes. I don't think that that prayer from my daughter was was necessarily the fruit. It was like the the spring bud. I've got an apple tree in my backyard. Yes. And it only produces apples every other year. And it's covered in blossoms. And my daughters were out playing in it the other day. And one of them just like grabs her hand and runs it down the branch and just pulls all the flowers off and thinks it looks beautiful when they fall down. I'm thinking, and I told her, you know, that every flower you just knocked off is an apple we won't have now. And she said, what? (laughs) Because she thought the flowers were the fruit, right? Right. But what I kind of think when I see these flashes of beauty and these spiritual developments in my kids is like, that's a flower. Now let's keep pushing and let's get the fruit, uh, which might come in 10 years. I don't know. Um, but for me, we're going to be pressing into how we can continue to depend on the Lord in new ways. Uh, I've said it on this podcast, but repentance has just been, it's gone from a weekly like thing to more of like a every five minutes thing for me. (laughs) Great. Uh, In terms of just anxiety and stuff that I'd never dealt with before. Anytime that pops up, I'm just like, okay, again. (laughs) Um, And I just think it's changed the the tone in our house. And I want to continue that because I think it's going to produce things in the long run. That's great. Well, that, that takes me to the last thing I wanted to say. So I wanted to mention sales and skills And the last thing, just because I want it to be an S, I said, I called it sanctification. But, you know, the Lord operates on the calendar that he gave his people. So if you really care about what's happening in the heart of God, 
you should at least be aware of the Jewish calendar and know what's happening. So Passover was a couple of weeks ago. Passover, it was prophesied in January. I know a guy that mentioned this, said this in January, that there would be this pandemic, there'd be a disease that would take place as winter transition in the spring, and that it would basically be gone-ish, gone, the threat, the, the, the feeling of threat would be gone at Passover. And um, uh, I don't know what anybody else's experience is. Uh, again, I just heard from a guy um, today who said that he has a bunch of employees that are still freaking out. But, but the numbers story, if you followed that on the news, the numbers story has dramatically reversed as of uh, Passover. So for instance, they reported in Florida, they had been telling us that the fatality rate was between three and 4% of people who got this thing. Now they just released something in Florida. Oh, whoops, sorry, it's 0.1%. That's what Florida said of all of its, of all of the people that it tested. Okay, so they were 98% wrong. Um, so the, 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 the feeling of this impending doom has, has more or less lifted. And now it's just, well, what's the most responsible way to kind of uh, reset and, and start the world back up? So what does that have to do with my calendar story? Passover, and then there's a series of seven sevens of 49 days. And then there is Shavuot, Shavuot or uh, Pentecost. Pentecost, Penta means 50. So it's this 50, it's this 50 day window that happens after Passover, seven sevens. It's a perfect little window of time. And during this time, this is when Jews um, are supposed to reflect. They're supposed to reflect on their life. And um, what am I saying? Shavuot and Pentecost, those two things happen at the same time. And they're two different, two different moments that you that you commemorate just like at passover we commemorate both the angel of death passing over it was also when christ was crucified was passover then you get to shavuot and you get that was when the law was given by moses and it's also when the holy spirit was given in the upper room so two things there one is God, this was a people that was saved, okay? They were saved by, by Passover, and then they were released from bondage. And then they're out in the desert, and what are we, what are we doing? What are we doing again? Why do we, okay, he saved us. Yay, we walked across the Red Sea. And now what? What are we, who are we? And when God gave the law to Moses, he revealed to his people, I have a purpose for you. I have a destiny for you. And you're going to have to choose whether you follow my law. And you can go to, gosh, in the 30s, 38 of Deuteronomy. And God lays it right out for them. You can choose life or death. It's your choice. Here's God's law. And you can choose life or death. But I have purposes for you. I have a plan for you. And there are plans to prosper for you. And there are plans for good for you. Not to bring you harm, to give you a future. So 
there's purpose that God has for us now. Now I'm talking about 2020. There's purpose that God has for us, the generation that's alive right now. It has to do with a refamiliarization with his laws and his ways. And you're talking about repentance. We have to approach the Lord going, God, we're yours. We'll do whatever you say. Now, Lord, you just tell us the marching orders of today, and we will submit to them gladly because we belong to you. Well, that's kind of a, I don't know, heavy or onerous thing. The wonderful other side of that is that we also commemorate the giving of the Holy Spirit when he gives power and intimacy. And I believe that we're I believe that we're coming into a stretch where we, where we will see the Holy Spirit poured out like we've never seen it before. And I don't think you're going to get all the good stuff if you don't submit to the first thing and you don't let the Lord give you his law. And, and then, you know, you're actually, when he pours out his spirit, it'll, it'll actually overwhelm you and it'll wipe you away if you haven't developed character that's connected to God's word and his laws. So, I think we're in a really magical moment here, these days of reflection <clears throat> before we come up to um, Pentecost. And I personally, I, I want to um, batten down the hatches so that I can receive all of the power. I like all the miracles. I want to see all the whiz bang stuff. I want deeper revelation and wisdom into God's heart, et cetera. I want all that stuff. These are days when we, when we, when sanctification has to be on our mind. We're doing exactly what you say, which is God. The screws are being turned on my life right now. We don't have money like we have. We don't have opportunities like we have had. Maybe it feels like we don't have influence. We just don't have options like we've had. And it might feel like we're not a success anymore, like we have felt uh, of ourselves as a success, or maybe even you're prospects of what you're looking forward to are changing. I don't know. But in these days, we should be humbling ourselves before the Lord. We should be um, in a repentant mode. We should be searching the scriptures. God, how do you want me to live? How do you want my family to live? I will lead my family in this way. I don't care what it costs us um, reputation-wise. I don't care what it costs us popularity-wise. I'm gonna. We're going to trim our sails to the wind of your spirit. And then as he pours out his spirit, which might happen on Pentecost Day itself, I don't know, but I think it is going to be something more progressive over the next season that we can we can take it. We're, we're ready. We're ready for, for what he pours out because um, we've let him mold us during these days. So there's my, that's my non-financial observation for these days. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know, maybe you're listening and you didn't, you're getting more of the, uh, what we see coming in the spiritual world than you hoped for when you dialed up this financial podcast. Well, but, deal with it. If that's you, deal with it. Yeah. I mean, we still want you to stick around. Yeah. Uh, some, sometimes sure. we talk about insurance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just think for, for some people, this is, uh, I'm sure we sound like, insensitive buttheads for people who maybe lost their jobs and are thinking this was not a good experience for me. Uh, there's one person in our community here who lost a son to coronavirus or COVID. Wow. And man, for him, this did not feel like a, an overreaction by any stretch. So yeah. 
I, I know it's been different for different people. Um, and I don't want to minimize that in the least bit, but I do think for a lot of us, there's this opportunity to take your, uh, how do I say it? Shavuot. 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 And reflect on what can we keep that we've gained in this time? Uh, Or the flip side of the same coin is what can we continue to not uh, do that we weren't able to do? We were like forced into something and it happened to be good for our families. So if that's money stuff, good. If it's spiritual disciplines, good. Uh, You know, we could talk about all sorts of things. Even the way we eat has changed. You know, I guarantee you, yes. if you normally eat out three times a week, you ate a lot less butter in the, in the quarantine. So yes, maybe that's good. Um, but I hope this has been a useful conversation for you guys. That's really all I wanted to get at this week. And we're going to go back next week to finishing out Stephen's series on giving. So if you're one of those people that doesn't listen to the blog pods, can I just ask you to listen to those blog Come pods? Come guys. You got to listen to this one. They're so good. I just, giving in the midst of quarantine has been extra fun for me because it's a time when not everybody is able to give. So if you are, it's extra fun. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of really delightful to meet needs around us. So mm-hmm. I bet it's the same in your neighborhood. Anything else, Stephen? No, that's well, it. Don't be afraid. That's what I just, it just resonates in my ears every day. Do not give in to fear. Do not be afraid. We don't know when we're going to start making money again. And we are still um, giving. We're still um, investing. We, we believe by faith that money that's invested these days is going to be, um, it's going to be taken care of. It's going to be fine. And even if it doesn't, where our hope isn't in money. So not a big deal. But we what we know is that we cannot give in to fear. Do not be afraid, whatever's happening. If you are afraid, take it to the Lord. Repent of it. It's a sin. Don't 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 be don't be um um self-pitying and going, well it's hard for me. I have to be afraid right now. No, you don't. You don't have to be. It's your choice. Go to the Lord, and if you think, I cannot help but be afraid, tell the Lord that. Say, God, I'm sorry. I know you tell me not to be afraid, but I don't know how to not be afraid right now. Would you start teaching me your ways so that I can live like your son instead of like a slave? So that's my, that's the, that's the, if I had one word to give to the entire coronavirus experience, it would be, we must quit our addiction to fear we we have to stop it no fear i want to just fist pump our way out so for abraham's wallet i'm not afraid i'm steven manuel i'm steven manuel Manuel. Uh, uh, see ya bye